The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Five times in NASCAR history, the final pass of the race has been Kyle Busch passing Martin Truex for the win. And one mistake that can happen is coming up right here. This is turn three, the left-hander going to a right-hand turn three. Downhill into turn four, you can very easily out, uh, you lose traction breaking into this corner. I just watched Kyle Busch through those uh, turns two and three, uh, and his car was sideways. <laughs> uh, he's pushing as hard as he can. He's out of grip. I think he's, I think he's pretty well had it. <laughs> and guess what? There it is. I think he's got wow. it too. Six car lengths in the middle of turn 11, and it might as well be six miles. Around the final corner to the checkered flag, Martin Truex Jr. Way to go, baby. Way to go. Hell yeah, brother. It's an impossible today. You are the man. Yeah, yeah, baby. Here comes Kyle up beside you, bud. There you go. I hadn't heard Clayton all day long. Are <laughs> they taking a nap up there? It's Clayton Hughes' spotter. 23rd career victory for Truex. He won at Charlotte in May. Fourth win of the year. It's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. Thanks to Fox Sports for the final lap call there. Boy, what a great day at the Toyota Save Mart 350 in Sonoma. Martin Truex was your winner. Which is uh, not really a shocker so much this season. If uh, they're uh, Team Gibbs or Team Penske, uh, they've been in victory lane except one time this season. It's amazing, isn't it? We thought, you know, several weeks ago back when Chase Elliott went to victory lane, we thought the curse was broken. The magic of the Toyotas was broken. The magic of the Fords was over, was broken. We were going to have now open it up to other drivers. Yeah, not so much. Even even drivers like, you know, Kevin Harvick or Kyle Larson, we thought might be able to break in a win at this point. I mean, it's we really, really shouldn't be shocked. You know, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. both, you know, champions. Truex being our defending champion. Um, they just, I mean, Gibbs has been strong for you know, the many recent years, but I mean, this year they're definitely uh, just... They're at the top of the class. Yeah, and no one seems to be able to figure it out. All right, let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished today in the Toyota Savemart 350 in Sonoma on the road course. And first, your winner's Martin Turex Jr., followed by Joe Gibbs' teammate Kyle Busch. Ryan Blaney's in third. A career best for Matthew D. D, D Benedetto in fourth. Denny Hamlin in fifth. Uh, man, Joe Gibbs running out the top five there. Uh, Kevin Harvick's in sixth. Ryan Newman, seventh. Eric Jones in eighth. Ninth, Eric Amarola. And tenth, Kyle Larson. Eleventh was Clint Boyer. Twelfth, Jimmy Johnson. Thirteenth, Kurt Busch. Fourteenth, Alex Bowman. Fifteenth, Daniel Hemrick. Chris Buescher was sixteenth. Daniel Suarez, seventeenth. Eighteenth was Brad Keselowski. William Byron, nineteenth. And twentieth was David Reagan. And 21st, we have Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 22nd, Paul Menard, followed by Joey Logano. And 24th, Austin Dillon. And 25th, Michael McDowell, followed by Bubba Wallace in 26th. Ty Dillon, 27th. Matt Tiff, 28th. 
And rounding out the top 30, Ryan Priest and Parker Clearman. 31st was Landon Castle. 32nd, Corey LaJoy. 33rd, Ross Chastain. 34th, Justin Haley. 35th, Reed Sorensen. 36th, Cody Worth. 37th, Chase Elliott. And 38th, J.J. Yaley. Glad I didn't have to read that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I took that one off your plate, so you, you wouldn't have to read about your boy Chase finishing 37th with a blown engine on a road course. Yeah. That is just bizarre. Him and William Byron seemed really strong you know, at the beginning of the race, and Elliott was closing in in second, and then it just out of nowhere, it just all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I'm hearing that on the radio, he's saying he blew up, he blew up, and they were pushing his car to the garage. You know, you, you, you expect a blown engine sometimes when you're at a track where you turn a lot of RPMs for a long period of time. But that's not the case on a road course because you're shifting, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're at speed, you're down speed, you're shifting. You're, I mean, that was just a bizarre issue. And I'll be interested to see later in the week if they release what actually happened to that motor because that's just bizarre on a road course to get a motor to blow. Yeah. What about this Martin Truex Jr. guy? This I heard an interesting fact uh, in the press in the post race press conference mentioned by uh, Joe Gibbs that Martin Truex Jr. has won three road course three wins at Sonoma with three different teams, and I was pretty surprised by that. But it goes all the way back to when he was a racer at Michael Waltrip Racing. So he won in at, at Waltrip Racing. He won at Front Row Motorsports, and now he's won at Joe Gibbs Racing. I said in an article I wrote for the Fox4KC.com website on Friday that the day of the road course masters was gone. Yeah, I'm starting to think maybe Martin Truex Jr. has figured out how to run race road courses, and uh, he may be something to be dealt with for years to come. Yeah, I mean, this being his second win in just a year. Um, yeah, it used to be drivers who, on you know the regular you know oval tracks, you would see driver different drivers kind of stand out here, but I mean Truex Jr., who we always say you know the mile and a half guy. I mean, now he could you know road courses too. Um, yeah. Well, the road course king is Jeff Gordon, now retired, but he has nine road course wins in his career. He leads all drivers with nine road course wins, closely followed by Tony Stewart with eight. The closest active driver to Gordon and Stewart was Kyle Busch with four wins. Now there's two with four wins, Truex and Kyle Busch. And I feel really good because every every week we pick our winners at the end of this the podcast for the next week. And we didn't have a podcast last week due to vacations, and then we got rained out and scheduled conflicts and everything. But I wrote an article on Friday, and I wrote about Bush and Truex. I, I said Bush would be in victory lane, but I had the top two, so I feel pretty good. I feel like I've vindicated myself for some of my lousy picks the last few weeks. So what what was your reason for, like, Bush thinking Bush was going to win because because he's he's he was the second he was the most active winner at that point in time and he's run really well at the road courses and he's run well at Sonoma not like the the guys of old Mark Martin was a was a road course master back in the day but he he had he had had some competitive wins he had the best average finish he had the most wins the most top fives so that was that was the reason I picked Bush and because I mean this season has just been Kyle Busch's season. He's yeah. won everywhere and everything. I wonder, I know there was a little, uh, Kyle Busch kind of didn't pit maybe when he should have, or he pit too early if that hurt him. Um, and I thought his day was done. And then he was all of a sudden back in second. And as soon as, you know, Truex Jr. was hitting lap traffic, um, 
Kyle Busch definitely closed in. I mean, it wasn't just an easy takeaway launch. I mean, Truex had to really uh, keep going and keep Kyle Busch away. I think if there's a few more laps, Kyle might have had a chance to close in. Um, I think lap traffic was kind of... Lap traffic was an issue, but I also think that Kyle Busch had pretty much used up his car by the last five laps trying to trying to keep up with, with uh, Martin Truex Jr. I don't think he had much left in tires, and and, and I think... I think he'd used it up, and second was the best that he was going to get. Um, it's interesting, though, the way that this, this the road course races have changed since they introduced stage racing. Now you know it's changed pit strategy dramatically because you, now you know you've got this caution out there. You know when it's going to be. And then you have a second caution. You know when it's going to be, so you can plan your – you can think your strategy in relationship to those two caution periods where you know you're going to come to pit road – and everybody's going to come to pit road, whereas before on the road courses, guys would try to strategize and try and do it with the fewest stops. And when are they going to do it? When you know, it's. I think it's really changed. The stages have really changed the the pit strategy on road courses. Now, are are you a fan of the stage racing? I've become a fan of it. I think it's. I think it's done what I think it's done what NASCAR wanted to do. It's. It's. It helps maintain the interest. Yeah, and. I was afraid because the the year before they went to stage racing the truck series they did that time clock, that was and, a dreadful idea. <laughs> and dreadful I, I was idea. so I was so afraid they were going to bring that into the other series. Oh, thank goodness! And the stage racing, I was like, okay, well this is different, but um, I like it. Um, you're guaranteed cautions, but it you know I like when the fields lined up and we were you know talking about some of the races uh, where it's green all the way and it's just like you know a driver who wins led every lap and just that's not as exciting this gives up drivers a chance that they you know don't have to do green pit stops they can pit under yellow and make changes to their cars and get back out there and restarts and all that and uh, yeah i'm a fan too yeah and and i think and we as we've seen this year some of the tracks we've raced on them people have been critical of the of the racing at some of those tracks but the restarts have always been really really good and so if you get the the restarts on those on those stay after the stages you, you have a green yeah they drop the green flag the racing is really good for the first few laps and uh i don't know i just think it's had a, a, another level of excitement to the race that uh, and really it kind of figures into the uh into the overall championship when you start talking about points for stage wins and and those type of things you know, looking down through the the top order here, you mentioned when you were reading the uh, the finish, where, where guy the the results. Look at Gibbs. I mean, you you mentioned it, but Bush second, Matt DiBenedetto, who is who is a quasi Gibbs team. They have a they have a relationship and a technology agreement. Denny Hamlin fifth, Eric Jones eighth. All four of their cars were in the top ten. Yeah, and Matt DiBenedetto, we've mentioned him here and there, and he's run well at times, but then just bad luck follows. And fourth place went for him. Uh, That's huge. Yeah. That is huge, and especially on a road course, because these guys, and and I contend that that the road course needs to be in in the chase or the playoffs or whatever we're calling it now. I don't know. I, I can't remember. They changed it, but... A road course needs to be in there because they claim NASCAR claims that these are the best race car drivers in the world, 
if you're going to say you're the best, then you need to race on all types of of racetracks. And I, I just, I really am a fan of the road courses. I, I agree. I think, you know, those last ten races, if this is, you know, the true test, uh, who deserves the champion? We need, you know, a road course in there, a short track, mile and a half, super speedway, um, all the different kinds of, you know, tracks and road courses definitely stands out different from all the other tracks. Kevin Harvick had a pretty good run. He started, didn't start well, didn't practice well, didn't really run well all weekend and and uh, probably was figuring this was going to be like a normal road course for him somewhere in the top 20. He came back to finish in sixth place, so that's a pretty good run for that team. Still not made it to victory lane yet, but I think that's, I think we're going to get, I think we're getting closer to seeing Kevin Harvick in victory lane. And Eric Amarola, you know, he was in the top 10 as well in ninth. Clint Boyer is just outside in 11th. So I think Stuart Haas, their drivers are not doing bad this season. It's just, just not making to, it to victory lane. Yeah, just you know, Joe Gibbs out there. Um, it just they got tough competition. But I think uh, they're you know being consistent. Um, and then Hendrick Motorsports started out well with you know two drivers up top, and then um, I forget where William Byron finished, but. Um, Johnson was 12th. He's just outside too. So, Byron finished 19th. So yeah, not Hendrick Motorsports is still. I think they're still trying to put together a, a solid team strategy um, in the in the over in the larger sense. I mean, when you get to the racetrack, it's four it's four teams against. They're racing against each other. But when you're back at the shop, you share a, a, a garage with with. I'm, I think Hendrick's has two teams in each garage and the crew chiefs work together and that's part of their team strategy but when you get to the when you get to the track on the weekends it's really there it's really four different teams trying to get the win but they just haven't put together they have really in my mind kind of dropped back as they're really not a top tier team right now the cream of the, the the cream of the crop is joe gibbs racing and penske i just think the chevrolet teams are behind and uh I, unless something dramatic happens, I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody knocking Gibbs Racing and Binsky Racing off the top of the hill here. We'll see if the summer months, you know, the season change anything. Sometimes we see some tra- changes and some uh, drivers who haven't done well at the beginning of the season. You know, I think you mentioned before, like Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart was, on was one of those. Absolutely, he would get hot in the summertime and he could roll off, you know, two or three wins in a row and. When all of a sudden you thought he was going to have a horrible year, he wins a championship. So, you know, there's still a lot of racing left. And then speaking of, of Tony Stewart, um, I do want to give a you know mention. This was uh, Dale Waltrip's final uh, broadcast for Fox yeah, Sports. Yeah, was. He's he's been there since uh, they first started uh, broadcasting at NASCAR races in February 2001. Of course, his first race was the one where Dale Earnhardt Sr. died, one of his close friends, um, and just. You know, it's different for me because I got into sport pretty much. I never really watched Ultra race, so I saw. I've only seen him since uh, he started, you know, becoming a broadcaster. But I mean, he's been uh, the voice, someone I I've listened to all my years watching NASCAR. Yeah. And it's kind of a a bummer. This, you know, another changing in the times. But I'm glad that you know, he had a good racing career and he has he's had a good broadcast career. So. It was, like you said, you're not old enough to remember this, but there was Waltrip's last year. You know, they, they always 
have tried to make a big deal out of last year's of these great drivers. And uh, his last year, my radio partner at that time, we kind of dubbed it the Darrell Waltrip attempt to qualify tour because he, he was just running dreadful, just barely being able to qualify for races. And, and it was kind of sad to see him go out that way. But he did it his way. He was owning his own car, you know. He did it his way, and uh, no, no doubt that, that what he's provided for this sport is a three-time champion and as a goodwill ambassador. Everybody loves DW. You, can, you don't find anybody that doesn't like DW. He's just a class individual. He, he is known for helping out younger drivers. Um, a reporter here at Fox 4, Sean McDowell, talks about the first time he interviewed Darrell Waltrip at a, at a racetrack, and Sean was new to the sport and, and hadn't covered it all, and he walked into the garage and, and, and asked Daryl Waltrip if he could interview him. And they started, and Daryl goes, no, no, no. Now, you want to let's, – let's, let's start this over. And he kind of helped him out, a new reporter, covering the sport. And, and there are guys in the sport that would not do that. But DW was. He was that kind of guy. He helped drivers. And he really made a great transition into the broadcast booth. I, I think he did a phenomenal job. He really put Fox on the map with their broadcast and – I just I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss DW. Yeah, I mean I, I go back. I, I still I've rewatched uh, the second race he broadcasted, which is the week after Earnhardt Senior passed, and Rockingham uh, and uh, DW gave the you know a prayer beforehand. Yep. And man, if you listen to it now, it's it's brings waterworks still. I mean, oh yeah. And uh, I'm always like the story that uh, DW's wife would always give Dale Senior and Junior. Uh, a, you know, script from the Bible before mm-hmm. every race that they would put on the dashboard. Put on the dash, yeah. And that started off, I think, um, she would do that. DW's wife would do that for him, and Senior saw that and was just like, hey, what's that? What are you doing? And then asked, like, hey, can you do that for me? From that point on, she did it every race for, for like you said, for Dale and for Dale Jr. So just a class class couple. I mean, they've just been meant so much to this sport, and I hope he has a has a great retirement. He deserves it. He's He's given his life to NASCAR. And now it's time to kick back and enjoy his family and, and his wife. And his wife was with him everywhere, and his kids were with him. And it's just time for him to, man, just go enjoy it, Daryl. You, you've given enough, and we thank you, and thanks for the memories. It's been great. Absolutely. Hey, let's go ahead and take a listen. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. met with the media after the race, and uh, he was asked a question about, Martin, what were you thinking the last 10 or so laps as you saw your teammate Kyle Busch closing in? Here's Martin Truex Jr., after the Toyota Samar 350, uh, just trying to trying to get all I could out of the car and not not burn my tires up too much, um, and just hit my marks. You know, I, I knew that um, you know he pitted a little bit later there at the end, so he had a little fresher tires, and he was beating us pretty good there for a while. And I just had to had to try to manage my car the best I could to not burn the tires off, trying to go faster than I wanted to go. And I knew if we could just maintain a decent gap for long enough that we would start to equal out. And with 10 to go, we, we were equal in lap times. And then from there, it was like, all right, you just got to run 10 perfect laps and don't screw up. I mean, that was really the key. So I uh, was able to do that, fortunately, and, um, and hang on to it. And, and, you know, we had to pass some lap, some lap cars, and um, luckily we were able to catch them in the right places to not lose too much time to Kyle. And, and uh, we were able to hold him off. So feels great. Feels amazing to win here two in a row. And um, you know the the thought that maybe it could be three is uh, is pretty pretty phenomenal. So I think any driver is going to feel the same if you are in position in front of Kyle Busch 
going for the win. You see that 18 car in your rearview mirror. There's got to be some stuff go through your mind like, okay, what's he going to do? Is he, is he going to wreck me? Because he, he's, he's done that, actually, a couple times to other guys. But you got to wonder what's going through his mind, and he, and he kind of explained it there. But when you, I think any driver that sees Kyle Busch, I think it was the same way with Dale Earnhardt. Anybody saw Dale Earnhardt in the number three black car? You're hoping he stays a second or more back. Yeah, it's, you you got to be thinking. Okay, is my time over? Is is he just gonna is he gonna pass me for the win, or is he gonna move me out of the way, or is he gonna rattle my cage? That was one thing Dale was famous for saying. But uh, I think there's still a rivalry there rivalry there between. Uh, between Truex and, and Cowboys, even though they're teammates. Yeah, I mean, and they're the top, I think, probably, I would say, the top two drivers of the sport right now. I mean, they're, they've, I believe, have the most wins this season. They've so won far. half, the, the, the two of them have won half of the races that have been run this week, this year. So that's, yeah. I'm so <laughs> tired the, of it. <laughs> they're the best, they're the best two drivers out there at the moment. I'm, I'm sick of the Gibbs and Penske wins, but I mean, the, I, they're Somebody winning. go knock them off. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's what Jimmy Johnson people, you know, were saying back in the day when they were so sick of Jimmy Johnson winning championships. And he didn't say this, but but I always said it. If you're tired of seeing him win, beat him. Yeah. That's the, the answer is simple. If you're sick and tired of him winning championships and winning races, go out and beat him. Like NASCAR was sick and tired of it because they kept changing the how the season ended. He won in so many different scenarios, won championships in so many different scenarios. It was it was crazy, but if you want to, if you want to, if you're tired of uh, Truex and Bush winning, go beat him. Yeah, nobody has yet. As much as I can't stand Kyle, I mean, you could tell when he doesn't win. You know, it, it frustrates him. It bums out his day, and he goes out the next week and tries it again. And I mean, he just he he wants to feel like he can win every race and. His attitude might be annoying, but I mean, he goes out there and he he feels he's the best, and he wants to prove he's the best. And there's no quit. Yeah, there's no quit in Kyle Busch. He doesn't know what that means. He's going to run till the very last lap, and he's going to do his best to be in the best position to go for the victory. And I, you can't fault him for that. I'm not a big fan of his. I've I found fault with him over the years with his attitude and some of the things he says. He's grown up a bunch. Uh, I mean, I've covered this sport from when Kyle was still a teenager. I remember when NASCAR ruled that he was not eligible to run in the truck series because he was too young. And then he came in, and he, he's done nothing but win. Like I said, when he was younger, he shot his mouth off a lot. He's gotten married. He has a child. Those things change you, and I think it's, it's shown in Kyle's personal life how it's changed him, but it has not changed the way he is on the racetrack. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's amazing that somebody can be that, consist- that consistent – all year long, and just, I mean, he's, he's always been in the top ten all season long, and, and until somebody does something about it, you, you, you can't be too, you can't find too much fault. Let's go ahead and take a look at the, the points here. Uh, Joy Logano is still your points leader, even though he, uh, he only has two wins, only two wins. He's two wins behind the guys that lead the series in wins, so <laughs> I guess you'd rather be first in points at this point. Kyle Busch is second, Brett Keselowski third, fourth is Kevin Harvick, fifth, Chase Elliott, again, a bad, bad day today. Martin Truex is sixth, seventh, Denny Hamlin, eighth, Kurt Busch, ninth, Ryan Blaney, tenth, Alex Bowman, eleventh, Eric Almirolo, twelfth, Clint Boyer, thirteenth, Daniel Suarez, fourteenth, William Byron, 
15th, Kyle Larson, 16th, and hanging on by a thread, Jimmy Johnson. If it, I always hate it when people say this. If, if the season ended today, Jimmy Johnson would be in the playoffs. Well, it doesn't end today. We still got, still got a lot of races to run. Yeah, and Newman, you know, he had a good uh, finish today. He's 17th, so, you know, if he stays consistent or maybe somehow gets a win, um, which would be great for Roush racing. But pretty much, pretty much after that, um, pretty much I don't see a whole lot of movement in the point system. I really don't. We're, we're this far. We're almost halfway into the season. We're looking at, uh, at being in Daytona here in a couple weeks. I think, and this is me hoping, that we get a surprise win up there, you know, um, Chris Busher that one year when he Oh, that would be that awesome. Foggy. Absolutely. Just, I feel like I'm hoping it will be, or that will happen, because I'm sick of the Gibbs and Pinsky <laughs> domination. But, and I, I mean, of course, I, Chase has won. He's locked in. But um, it's always fun to see either a new driver win or just a, you know, a surprise win uh, to someone to kind of make the playoffs interesting. I remember back in our, our very first podcast, uh, of this year, and we were talking about, I, and I was talking about the fact that I didn't think, I, my feelings were that we were beyond having drivers dominate the series with with multiple wins. I felt like teams there were going to be teams with multiple wins, but not not a guy that's winning eight, nine, ten races. At this point, I got to look back at that and go, "Wow, you may be wrong." Because you got two guys here that both have won four races already. They've won half. Again, half of the races we've we've run this year have been won by either Martin Truex or Kyle Busch. That's just so, astounding. It's crazy that we're pretty much at the halfway point of the season already. I mean, uh, I was just thinking earlier today. I thought we had like a two more weeks until I, like a new July was coming up. I knew today was June twenty third, but it's crazy that we're already like about to. Be back at Daytona soon. It, the- it is. It goes by so fast. We sit here, you know, from – and really, honestly, the NASCAR offseason isn't that long, but it seems like it's a long time. But you, you go from November when the last race in home, at Homestead and you go, oh, no, no racing until February. That's the shortest offseason of any sport. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And any for race fans, you know, once it – you know, right after the season ends, you, know, it's, you have all the holidays – that you're so preoccupied with that by the time the holidays are done, New Year's is done, you come back and it's just like we're just weeks away. Yeah, once you get past New Year's, then you were just a couple weeks out from testing at Daytona, and then and then you get to you get to the end of January and testing is over. They're, they're having tire tests at some tracks, and other teams are testing other ways. And this is back in the day; it's not quite this way now. But all of a sudden you're at you're at uh, Daytona and you got the you got the 24 hours of Daytona and then you then you're into the the Cup races and the and the Xfinity races and the Gander Outdoor Truck Series races and all of a sudden we're back to racing and now we're looking at it, oh my gosh we're almost halfway what the heck it's going too fast I know but uh, I think we're going to see the second half of this season. Actually, I don't know what we're going to see because I'm, I'm, it's just astounding me that, that just two teams have won the, I think we're the most see, races. I think we're going to see many. I think Daytona's our best chance you know, to start off the second half of the season. I hope maybe someone can – Like you said, anybody can pull off Ricky a surprise Stenhouse at Daytona. Jr., right. you know, anyone. 
Um, but then again, who's wanted Daytona back in February this year to start off the season? Denny Hamlin. So, I mean, Gibbs <laughs> drivers run good there. And Truex Jr. has run well there. And before that, though, we're heading to Chicagoland, a track very similar to Kansas uh, until the rep- – I don't think they've repaved Chicago. Since I don't remember when they repaved it. But, uh, okay, before we jump to Chicago, and it's, like you said, a track very similar to Kansas. Before we go there, tell me who your biggest disappointment in 2019 is as a driver. Jimmy Johnson. Uh, that's exactly where I was going to go. Jimmy Johnson. It's been over two years since he had a victory. Seven-time seven time cup champion. Amazing race car driver. At least, I mean, is he second, second or third on all-time wins? You know, he may be fourth. I think Jeff Gordon is still third on the all-time. Yeah, list. I think. But it, the point is, he's won dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of races, seven championships, and here this guy just can't seem to find the top ten to save his life. And yeah, even. You know, even if he was at a point where he said, I don't want to race this year, like Kevin Harvick, but Harvick is running the top five leading laps, and you you still have that feeling like Harvick, I feel like, could win this season. Johnson, I, I'm not seeing him lead laps. He's not qualifying well, which I, he's not really ever been that great at qualifying, but he's just not running up there. And during the race, you almost forget that he's even running because – well, because they don't talk about guys that are running in the 20s. Okay, out of 15 starts this year, Jimmy Johnson has one top five, one top five, and six top tens. That's that's not the Jimmy Johnson we, we've known over the years. That's just not – everybody thought him take take breaking up Chad Knauss and Jimmy Johnson was a good idea because I think some people at Hendrick Motorsports – Felt like they were getting stale in their relationship, and they hadn't won. And maybe mixing it up with a new crew chief would would breathe some life into the team, and and maybe challenge Jimmy a little bit more. It's it's not working to this point. It really isn't. We've we've not seen any improvement in the forty eight team at all. And and Canals with the twenty four Byron, I've at least seen you know today running you know leading laps, qualifying well. Where I look and it's like okay, that team they're doing something. To try to you know make some improvements and run up there up front and Johnson, we haven't seen that. Well, but with Byron though, it's I mean he's such a young kid. You don't expect the expectations in my mind are different between Byron and a seven-time champion. You know, and and Johnson's just not something's not right with that team. Something I I don't know if it's Johnson. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's not adjusting to the new crew chief and he's he's having a hard time trying to learn how to win without Chad. The only guy he's ever won with is Chad Canals. And it seems like ever since they the you know the Chevys went to you know Camaro and this new package, Johnson just hasn't been able to get it. Yeah, it's and that that may be that may be part of it too, but I think the, I think it's deeper than that. I think there's something going on with Johnson, or with with the the crew chief driver relationship. I'm not sure what it is. I was I was gonna look and see where how he finished last season, and he didn't have a win last season. He, and no, it's been two years since he's had a win, and I was I just wanted to see how many top tens he had last year through the 
through the uh, technology is wonderful when it works. Jimmy Johnson, last year he finished 14th in the points. He was in the playoffs, right? But, well, can't find it. So, it, But my point is still the same. You would expect, just based on experience, based on the driving talent, based on a seven-time champion, he would get a win. But it's just not happening. And, and it, he is. He's the biggest disappointment in my mind. And, uh, you know, at least seeing him run up front, you know, just battle for leads like, you know, we've seen with, you know, some of the other drivers. And like you said, you know, we don't hear about him because the broadcast wasn't really mentioned too much. <laughs> don't talk about him. People who consistently are running in the, you know, 20 and below. And moving into Chicagoland, it's not going to get any easier for Johnson because you told me something I didn't know but right before we started the podcast. He's never won at Chicago. Yeah, which surprised me because he does well or has done well at Kansas, has multiple wins there. And, yeah, Chicagoland, I mean, even Dylan Hart Jr., you know, he's got a win at Chicago. Tony Stewart has, I think, the most wins there. Mark Martin's won there. And <laughs> the recent winners there are Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr., <laughs> So what you're telling me, just briefly, right out of, off the top of your head, is we're probably going to see a Joe Gibbs car in victory lane next week. There's a good chance because then Kyle Busch won in 2018, and 2017 and 16, Martin Truex Jr. won. And then in 2015 was Denny Hamlin. And then before that, in 2014, <laughs> was Brad Kozlowski. So it's not Gibbs. Oh, wow. It could Pinsky, be. Gibbs, Pinsky, Gibbs. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe our hope can be vested in the number nine car. Yeah. Now, he's not one there in cup, but he has one there in Xfinity, because I think that was one of the first times I watched him uh, win a race. I watched that one in 2014, and that was about the point. I, I, you know, I knew Gordon. I don't remember if Gordon had announced he was retiring yet, but I knew it was – I don't remember, but I remember I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye on this kid. Yeah, you know, and whenever the time comes, when this guy comes in cup and Gordon's gone, and it wasn't, I didn't know at that time he was going to replace Jeff Gordon. I just wanted to start fresh with a new, young and upcoming driver. And I've not been disappointed. The day sucked, but you know it's <laughs> just part of racing. Um, but yeah, I mean he does well at mile and a half. He's won at Kansas. So and again, Chicago is almost almost a a, a carbon copy of Kansas Speedway. Yeah, they were built. They were built at the same time. I believe they had their first. I believe they both ran their first races in two thousand one. Yep. And uh, so, see, I'm I'm a little nervous about picking Chase because my track record this season has not been good. I not been good at all, <laughs> and I don't want to curse him by picking him. So here, I'm, I'm a little reverse psychology. My pick to win. Next week in Chicagoland is Kyle Busch. Take that, Busch. Uh, this is the, I mean, you, you're, you're now like, hexed, buddy. Like, I don't want to. I know it's like the easy thing would go with Trucks <laughs> Jr., but um, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't want to jinx Chase either. <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm going to go with Brad Kozlowski. He won at Kansas this year. Um, That's a good guy to hex right there. Yeah. Another Penske. <laughs> uh, 
I, I just want, uh, you know, I would like to see, of course, Chase Winwell races, Hendrick Motorsports, but even, you know, Stuart Haas. It'd be fun to see Clint Boyer get a win this season. Kevin Harvick. It would be the, fun to see Kurt Busch get a win this season, be in the number one yes. car. It really would. I, he's been close. And he runs well at the mile and a half track. So he could be a he could be a suspect to win next weekend. But uh yeah, I just I'm I'm just I'm not liking what I'm seeing so far with, with Truex winning there recently and Bush winning there. We'll just have to see. But whatever happens in Chicagoland next week, we'll be here on the Fox Four race zone to get you up to date to talk about the race events, to talk about whatever's off the top of our head and to preview and coming into Daytona. So be sure to join us here next week on the Fox 4 Race Zone. You can pick this up where you listen to your favorite podcasts. And you can contact us at fox4kc.com if you have any questions or comments. And uh, like I said, we'll be back. And uh, So for the, for the Race Zone, I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. Everybody have a great week.